ladies and gentlemen, fantastic episode of the morning show today. We discussed the Bitcoin ETF fake out aftermath. I mean, who would have thought that it would get drawn up like this? I mean, oh my God, hilarious moments in crypto here. The SEC putting out a tweet yesterday that all of the Bitcoin ETFs had been approved only to have Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, come out and declare that that was a hacked fake tweet from the official SEC account. Wild times. We also discuss Ethereum's present and future and whether there will be a significant run. We talk about Yuga Labs facing more backlash, this time on the gaming front. Overall, it's a fantastic episode of the show. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Nifty Show. Wednesday, January 10th, the day that allegedly the Bitcoin ETF, the Bitcoin spot ETF is going to be approved. What a hilarious roller coaster ride it has been uh, to see how the SEC has operated, how the uh, crypto media has operated during this entire Bitcoin ETF saga. We're going to dive into it. We got kicks on the show today. Uh, real quick, I want to let everyone know who the Bodago of the day is. He's got three names, so he must be pretty important. His name is Michael Joseph Chetty, also known as Chetty. He is a full-time artist who does commissioned NFT painting work, and he's recently been picking up a few Bodagos. So after tweeting his latest Bodago yesterday, which is a badass Bodago with a backwards cap and the uh, evil Knievel outfit, very, very nice, he shared this morning that he is going to change his profile picture from a Pudgy Penguin. Shout out to Pudgy Penguins to a Bodago. So make sure you give him a follow at MPJ Artist. That's at MPJ Artist. We, we should just pin them to the top of the Twitter. Oh, wait, Clemente's pinning them. It's already pinned. It's pinned. So there you go. Um, And today on the show, we are going to discuss the B Bitcoin ETF fake out aftermath. We're going to talk about Ethereum showing some significant signs of life. Yuga Labs facing some more backlash, uh, but this time it's on the gaming front. We got Kix. What's going on, Kix? How you doing this morning? What's up, baby? <laughs> How you doing? I'm I'm good. Is your wife still using the new lens we sent to your house? Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I'll go get that though. I mean, like <laughs> she used it once and stored it away somewhere. So I'll go. I'll get that. It's a twist on kind of thing, right? It, I just promise you. On. Yeah, you just kind of twist it on. She you, could probably twist it on. Nick? Kicks. Also, this is a good opportunity since this is the only time uh, that you respond to messages uh, that you send over a picture of the box so that we can get the rebate on that lens. Okay? And Bunny, who's uh, waiting to come on stage, also needs to do the same thing. Yeah, no, oh. uh, I've, I've, I got followed up by um, the lady that works with you. I won't dox her name. And uh, yeah, I, I know that's a deliverable. Um, and yeah, I do need to work on communication. I should have replied to her and said, noted, received, working on it. I said that in my head. I didn't say that to her, but uh, I'll, I'll type that to her right now. Um, but also it was Christmas time. So that box, uh, I don't know about that box, but we'll figure it out. First of all, I didn't know that we were, we had rebates on these things. I'd love to hear that Nick's got the rebate game going. That's some some real deadly entrepreneurship right there. Make sure you get every Bodago royalties down. We're, we got to get our fucking camera rebates going. What's going <laughs> on here? Like, dude, if it's 50 free bucks or something like that or 100 bucks. You, if you want to just Venmo me $100, we can take care of that situation. We'll, we'll, dock, we'll dock kicks his pay. Um, but uh, yeah, but no. Show. 
No, we're savage entrepreneurs. We we uh we return the costumes after we shoot the videos. So when you <laughs> see the costumes in the video, I return those to Amazon. Don't tell Jeff Bezos. Those get sent back immediately. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we got kicks. So we're just going to dive into this weather report. He's got a nice little coffee. Is that a cappuccino? Is that an Americano? Is that an espresso? Cappuccino. What is it? Yeah, mm. cappuccino, whole milk. Nice. Yeah, I got a new coffee spot. And I like they, they give you that true cap, you know, sized. Yeah, size. not big. Yeah. And and uh, with real milk, no fake milk. I love to hear it. Yeah. No, I'm not on that oat milk, you know, soy, you know, start jiggling around. You drink too much of that. <laughs> Dude, we got pretentious Pio out here talking about the uh, coffee. Dude, we need Clemente needs to be talking about his Dunkin' Donuts habit, basically, because that's that's the right way to eat or to drink coffee. Well, now Clemente can be uh, pretentious about eating real Cuban and Dominican food down in uh, Miami, which I he's you know I can't hold a candle to that over here. I'm sure that it would be possible, but I do not know the best spots for Cuban and Dominican food in New York. Although I'm sure they are undeniable, Clemente. I spent uh, $10 on a coffee yesterday, which was uh, not ideal. I went to this new place. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try it out. I went to this spot like a block and a half away, and it was $10 for a latte. What are we doing here? You're always getting wrecked by expensive food places. That's actually wicked funny. I also got tuned up to the tune of eight or nine bucks on a coffee twice in the past six months in New York. I mean, <laughs> now people are noticing inflation. I'm going to give you like a food truck. It's going to be like a $3 cortadita. You're going to drink this thing. Your skin's going to feel like it's melting, but you'll accomplish more in an hour than you have in the last month, just purely off the, the caffeine that it's got in this thing. Dude, yeah. I'm down. I like it. I like the idea of drugging Clemente. Uh, kick. Yeah, because the math is straight off. A $10 coffee, you can get an Adderall illegally on the streets for 20 bucks, probably. So, like, the ratio is, you know, not right. It needs to be $3 coffee, $20 illegal Adderall. That's a 7 to 1. Once it's 2 to 1, you're going to see some real spaz out people in, the, in America. So, we need to fix that. Everyone's going to be on Adderall. It's unhealthy. Uh, it's not good for you. Yeah. Kicks, let's cook with this weather report a little bit. What do you say? Oh, man, I'd love to hit in, just hit my little sound trigger. So I'm going to change this up one day, but not today. Today is Wednesday, January the 10th. Market volume coming in, $26 million. Blur, 19.4. Open seat, 5.7. That's up 2x from yesterday's lows. Solana's still cooking, 6.7 million. Looking at the top movers, Ethereum NFTs are down across the board, including board apes down another 3% to sub-24 ETH. Node monkeys down another 15% to 0.17 Bitcoin, while Bitcoin frogs holding steady. And over on Solana, we got Mad Lads down 5%, but that's still 160 soul. That's about 16 Gs, baby. Over the past 24 hours, it was a wild day for crypto and Bitcoin as the SEC tweeted that the Bitcoin ETF had been approved before Gary Gensler followed up with a statement that said the SEC Twitter account was compromised and the ETF was not yet approved. Texas safety account revealed that the SEC's account was hacked through a phone number obtained through a third party and that the account did not have two-factor authentication set up. <laughs> On the initial tweet, Bitcoin pumps to nearly 48 grand, but now it's been down only since. It's at 45,000 right now. Bounced up a little bit. It's all over the place, but Ethereum's liking the action. It's up 4% over the last 24 hours. All the L2s cooking, Optimism, Arbitrum, all of them, they're cooking. Over on Ordinals, the Node Monkeys co-founder, Rock Toshi, is under fire as various individuals have claimed that he has been harassing them, threatening to blackmail 
and participating in other quote-unquote shady activities. The node monkeys are down 15% to 0.17 Bitcoin. Also on ordinals, four ordinal punks were swept for $426,000. The first sales that the 100 supply collection has seen in over two weeks. I think they maybe had three total in the past two months. So just to come out of nowhere, drop a half a million, that's a big deal. Over on Yuga Labs, other side has revealed another event in their metaverse coming in February, but facing negative feedback on the lag and the, four, uh, the poor frame rate shown in the video trailer with people expecting more from a game two years in the making. Other deeds sitting at a 0.45 ETH floor. That's an ouchie for me. Lastly, the winner of the day is Saga Monkeys. This collection was holding a two Solana floor after being airdropped to Saga phone holders earlier this week and then saw a whopping 5X to over 10 Solana after Solana co-founder Anatoly Yakovenko used one as his new profile pick on X. Unfortunately for the sergeant of Solana, however, Nick floored his monkey before this happened, <laughs> missing out on over $800 of profit. Man, uh, you should have swept it with that $800. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, that's it for the weather report. Back to you in the studio. That was hilarious. You said Anatoly's name like he was a, you know, like he was a new player on like the uh, the Russian national hockey team. That was pretty good. There's a new uh, show out on Netflix called The Recruit. Perfectly. I did? Yeah, yeah. I'm watching uh, The Recruit uh, season one. There's Russian mafia involved with the CIA. So I've been picking up on the, you know, Russian vernacular, uh, m mostly Belarus, if we're being specific. Uh, easy. Is, is monkey pronounced differently than monkey? No, it was Saga that he said differently. Saga? Said saga. Yeah, Saga. saga. Okay. Sorry, I hang out with a lot of uh, SAG actors, so it kind of messed up, I think. <laughs> nice niche joke. Uh, anyway, look, ladies and gentlemen, we got some updates from the Daily Digest, and I'm excited to dive into all this stuff with Kicks. The Di Digest is posted to X platform every morning, pinned up top during the show, and it's emailed to anyone that subscribes at thenifty.com, so make sure you go to thenifty.com to subscribe. First one, the Bitcoin ETF fee war continues to heat up. With Bitwise leading the charge, they are waiving fees for six months or the first billion dollars and then charging a 0.2% fee. So very interesting stuff. Valkyrie co-founder Stephen McClung was quoted saying, it wouldn't surprise me if Ripple has a spot ETF before Ethereum. I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to really happen. Next story, Xcopy announces his latest Bang Bang collection, which is a 250 supply requiring a burn of the Max Payne NFT and an additional 0.2 Ethereum. The Max Payne con collection has pumped 50% to 0.6 Ethereum on the news. Uh, v Friends has announced that the children's book Meet Me in the Middle, written by Gary V, uh, will be released July 16th. So we'll see if Gary uh, can start lighting up some book sales with the V Friends book. I mean, this it's actually probably a pretty good play. Um, OpenSea has announced or has introduced a self-custodied wallet that can be created with an email address. Uh, so interesting that OpenSea is pushing out new products. Imaginary One teases a bubble token coming in Q1 2024. The collection is holding a 1.2 Ethereum. Uh, Who's Imaginary Ones? The Invisible Friends? No. Okay. Clemente, who's Imaginary Ones? Uh, they are a they're the they are a walk they're the walking bubble collection. I'll pull it up in a second. But they've been doing and that's gaming. not the Michelin one. That's a different one. Uh, it's Close. it's the, that a third Close. bubble collection that's also moving. These guys, these little rascals. They've actually done okay though for an extended period of time. Uh, like, I was shocked. No, that makes sense. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Great yeah, insight from everyone on the. I didn't want to mess up oh, easy talking about it. I was going to drop that they had a game for a while for their allow list that was like this racing Mario Kart style game that a bunch of people did play. And if you placed, I think it was like top 3,000, which wasn't like unattainable. The NFT ended up going for like half an ETH because a pretty right. straightforward like way for them to do it. I think these things look awful though. Is Easy's audio slightly low for, for you? Yeah, and a little delayed. So that's why I was. Is that better? Over that is, that, that is actually better. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, what that makes you... sense. So I saw this collection on Blur and I was like, these. That, they're missing a token. That's like the missing piece of this collection. So good to see they're working on that. You were scrolling <laughs> blur, specifically pointed this one out and said, this project's missing a token. And yeah. um, Pio, for your question, I just turned the mic audio up on my roadcaster. That's like what I'm talking about. There we go. We got uh, this gentleman, longtime listener of this show. This is what spaces smells like. Shout out to this is what spaces smells like. He's been commenting on Easy's audio for the entire duration of the show. We appreciate that. We want you to point out when there are imbalances in our audio. We appreciate that. This is what spaces smells like. Do me a favor. If you got any nicknames so I don't have to read out that like 10 syllable name, that'd be awesome. But anyway, moving on to single check sales. This is Jack Butcher's check were recorded in the last 24 hours, one for 25 ETH and another for 27.25 ETH in anticipation of Jack Butcher's ordinal check airdrop next month. People are gearing up for Jack Butcher's ordinals. I wonder who is going to help Jack Butcher secure some really, really good provenance, um, you know, related sats on Bitcoin. We'll have to they see. Were already, they were already inscribed, P.O., back in February of last year. Someone <laughs> was like, yo, you should do it. You did it. I mean, there you go. People are going to spaz over those on the Bitcoin side. Phantom CEO Brandon Millman uh, revealed that in the last seven days, 150,000 new Phantom installs have, have occurred just on Google Chrome. So this animation of the Phantom logo being just on fire is no joke. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a big deal. NVIDIA stock has reached a new all-time high of $542. Nancy Pelosi cashes on the options that she bought just three weeks ago. Her and her husband aped into NVIDIA call options. And uh, yeah, in the money already. Shout out to Nancy Pelosi. She makes OSF and Mando look like they don't know how to trade uh anyway those are your stories from the nifty daily digest subscribe at the nifty.com it's also available on x platform look we we nick's here uh just to talk about the bitcoin etf really i mean obviously we're nick's always welcome here and boeing stock i'm very interested in boeing stock and monitoring that situation right now you act like you don't like talking oh about stocks God. but you do like talking about stocks did i say i don't like talking about stocks but that you're like Boeing stock. The joke there was that it's boring to talk about Boeing. Stock. Nick's monitoring the Boeing situation. I genuinely, I'm like, okay, what are we thinking about Boeing here? Okay. Oh, okay. I love that. I love that. It came off of the 260 level down to 225. I mean, maybe we see a pullback down to 177. I don't know. I want to get an understanding of where we think that this thing is going uh, and where the buy opportunity exists here. You got doors flying off planes. That is a buy opportunity if I've ever seen one, you know? Like what is suddenly <laughs> is, is suddenly a Boeing upstart going to suddenly like replace them all of a sudden? Like what, what's going to happen? Like they're going to resolve the problem. I'll tell you that much. Like it, it, it's an urgent situation. There's they have a door problem. Okay, doors are a very important component of the plane that's flying at fifty thousand feet. You want to avoid having the door fall off. So that's like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that sketch about the front of the ship falling off. This is a very similar situation here. <laughs> Look at this thing. 
get this thing. Did you see a, a, an iPhone fell out of the plane and they found it still intact? A couple of iPhones, actually. Yeah. I, did, I did see that one that, yeah, someone, uh, there were. Absolutely crazy. It's pretty cool. It just shows how durable the. I'm not uh, surprised if you understand physics in like wind velocity. Uh, if it if it landed on anything other than concrete, I'm not surprised. Okay, uh, I am surprised. I would have thought it would disintegrate. That's Bro, it they, fell thirty thousand feet from the air. What the? So, yeah, but it, it doesn't like it doesn't like infinitely increase in speed. It hits max velocity. Max and velocity. Then it lands in some fucking grass, dude. You Sorry, ever dropped you your phone? I Sorry, nerd. So Apple should rebound from their last ad. The, remember the Mother Nature ad that everybody was like, yo, what the hell is this ad? And everybody was like, Apple had a rare miss with this ad. They should rebound with like a high octane ad of Travis Pastrana jumping out of a plane with an iPhone. And they got like GoPros and Travis Pastrana is just like, yo, what's going on, iPhone? And literally just like watching the thing hit the ground and it's still intact. I like that. I think that that's a good marketing campaign. You can book that one, Tim Cook. I don't even need any royalties. But anyway, Nick, we got to talk about the bitcoin etf fake out we're not going to conclude whether or not this is what owings later in the fucking weather report okay <laughs> is it no well it, it's it's later you can combine it with uh nvidia super one okay well apparently this is this is against the rules I'll no i want to hear the boeing thing kix is just trying to figure out how to, how to plug in here go ahead Nick. go ahead I just want to know if anyone else is looking at this. Like they got I want to know what Easy thinks. Easy is a, a very good stock. Billion in revenue. They got 100 their market cap being 136 billion, which is 2x revenue, which ain't great. That's also because their margins are absolutely awful with their net income just being negative uh over and over and over again. That said, they have 17 billion dollars in cash, so they can operate with a negative net income uh for at least a period of time. I don't know what their lie. Oh wow, their liabilities are 152 billion dollars. Uh, Massive. I wouldn't touch this thing with a 50 Holy foot pole. Shit. They're actually insolvent, <laughs> literally, yeah. like literally. But they're just propped up by governments and bailouts and more. Exactly. Like exactly. quite literally, time and time again. I wouldn't touch Boeing with a thousand foot pole, dude. Wow. So what should you buy? Since Boeing is propped up by the government, what I don't should like you buy? A lot of like, yeah, a Chinese plane. No, Chinese Bitcoin. Plane. You should buy Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Bitcoin doesn't have the doors falling off it. All right, Nick. You just don't understand how it no, works. He's laughing at the Chinese play. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the f yeah. I don't know what the fuck that even means. To be honest, I don't know, <laughs> dude. I'm losing my faith in American manufacturing capabilities by the second. So I went and lo immediately looked up what planes JetBlue has since I've be become a fan of it. Like New York, depending on the city you live in, has a major impact on the airline that you're a fan of. Like uh, I'll be straight up. Like Miami is an American airline city. That's that's like the American the, spirit. I'm not touching spirit. Okay. The, there's no way yeah. you're getting me on a spirit plane. Uh I'd rather the, walk. The the uh the or at least drive. Um that is an option in case you're wondering easy. You, there are cars um and trains. Uh but the the thing I was gonna say is like JetBlue, none of them are Boeing. You know what they're rocking with? Airbus. So that's the option that you you got there. Airbus has had its own issues, mostly on like innovation, but they definitely check the nuts and bolts in Europe for sure. They're good about maintenance. <laughs> they make sure. But uh, think about this, Nick. When's the last time you've heard of a plane crash in China? <laughs> what are you talking about? So uh, really good hear? point. Someone said pointed out Malaysian Air, and I feel like there's a lot of airlines in China that have uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, it was March uh, 21st, 2022. Plane crash, 132 people died. So, <laughs> <very recent. laughs> 
Well, this is something to laugh at. I'm gonna be honest. But it's more well, I was just, I was just hoping I had a good bit here. When I googled it, I was thinking like maybe like no plane crashes since 2012. I'd be like, let's go, man. Let's buy some of these planes. But now it's six months ago. Yeah. So what this Airbus does generate checking out their their financials and their balance sheet they have a net income of four billion dollars on 58 billion dollars in revenue which is pretty good like at least that they have some mark like net margin going on here they also have uh they're not insolvent so holy shit airbus airbus is based in france right so uh the french apparently you know doing a one-up against america right now yeah but they get a ton of subsidies airbus it was a whole fight boeing versus airbus back in the 90s right well Anyways. whatever's happening their financials look a hell of a lot better well the whole aviation industry is in my opinion completely fucked because the government well so look this is coming from lynn alden it's not coming from me but lynn alden like points out that there's basically been no substantial innovation in aviation in literally decades yeah the inside of the plane is getting better now you have wi-fi oh cool like but we like dude the majority of aviation improvement literally came like wright brothers era like that's what we're talking about it used to yeah. be a big deal fucking what's his name the aviator what uh leo dicaprio and martin scorsese movie that's where uh, you can the billionaire guy that he's playing Ford, is it not Ford. Um, it's no. was it George um or uh Henry Henry? No, I, I don't know. I'm tripping. But anyway, look at this. First flown in 1964 and <laughs> retired in 1999. We haven't built a faster air breathing manned aircraft since the Blackbird. Lynn Alden points out that there's no incentive to improve aviation. Uh, Howard like, Hughes. Howard Hughes. There we go. And, and the Howard Hughes Corporation is the one that owns uh, South Street Seaport, interestingly enough, down here in, uh, in, in the FIDI area of New York. Howard Hughes Corporation still kicking. Elon Musk said he came up with a design for a new plane that would be much better than our current planes, but he can't prioritize it because uh, he's yeah. working on six businesses and writing a bunch of tweets and taking drugs, according to the Wall Street Journal, of which the board of directors of Tesla is very concerned. Well, honestly, I would uh, I would fly a plane in Elon Musk, even if he designed it on ecstasy. Well, there you go. He said that it's more important to stop burning fossil fuels to fuel our cars. And I was like, I can't disagree with that uh, than just having a, a plane that's like way more doper. But hopefully uh, we'll get a, a better plane in the future. Anyway, look, Bitcoin or Nick. Oh, no, sorry. We can go over to the Bitcoin ETF saga that's going on here or saga as uh, Kix calls it. So the Bitcoin ETF saga has been quite interesting. And uh, I mean, look, can you believe how this has gone down? First, we had the fake report to, now two months ago, feels like a lifetime ago from Coindesk or Cointelegraph, whoever that was that reported. I don't even remember now. Was it that they reported that the ETF got approved? Is that what the report was? Oh, the fake news, the yeah. fake news that it was approved. Yeah, that the was SEC uh, Twitter was hacked. That one? Well, no, I'm, no, I'm they, talking they, about the one from that. two months ago that kind of kicked things oh, off. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then now literally. So people have been posting that the SEC like two months ago are like, don't don't trust everything that you see on the Internet. If we didn't say it, it's not true. And then and that's from their official Twitter. Then the next tweet is all the ETFs have been approved. And then the next tweet is Gary Gensler being like, yo, that's that's not true. Don't believe that. Someone I saw pointed out was like, dude, Gary, just run with it. Like, don't try to do damage control on this. You're going to approve it today. Why are you doing the whole like that's not an official thing? Like, just run with it. I think he's out here uh, trying to save face. Um, and Twitter came out and confirmed that, or X, I should say, 
confirmed that indeed uh, it was hacked. And uh, I, I was out of here on the conspiracy theory side thinking that uh, an intern or some person had basically attempted to draft it, but uh, clicked the wrong button and just tweeted. Oh, I'm still it. on the conspiracy theory side. So you think that they're in cahoots with X? The problem is Elon hates the SEC. So, in fact, he would love nothing more than to be like, that SEC fucked up. No, I was just thinking more like if the NSA created Bitcoin and like the one world order doesn't want Bitcoin to be legal just yet, could like the CIA or the FBI have uh, like coordinated a hack on this phone mm. to do this to delay the Bitcoin ETF, maybe to you know buy it at 35k, you know, load up some more. It is interesting that it happened yesterday. I wonder if the hack had already occurred though previously, and then the person like there's if a you lot can of hack the SEC's phone. This is your best play. That's your be that's your best play to make money right there. Come on, the Bitcoin there was a million and one million and one better ways. The better way would have said re it's rejected. The short would have been way printed way more than the approval. Um, or, or you could have, you could have done a million other things. It just seems weird to me. It seems off. It seems like the, uh, uh, the fertilizer explosion in Beirut in 2016, same kind of thing. doesn't make sense. I mean, the whole thing is wild on the Bitcoin show yesterday. People were talking about did that come to mind. That was like top of mind. You've been really stewing on the, on the, uh, I saw a video of it again the other day. And I'm like, that's not, that's just not a bunch of fertilizer blowing up in a warehouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, on the Bitcoin show yesterday, there was, uh, you know, things were pointed out like some concern about the amount of Bitcoin that is about to be held by centralized institutions which is something that's interesting. I mean, look, it's against the Bitcoin ethos. However, when Dan Held was on the Bitcoin show, who is like the OG of OGs from Bitcoin, uh, on Bitcoin, I should say, he pointed out this is just what winning looks like and what winning feels like. First, they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then they join you. And at this point, I mean, they're joining, right? And uh, at the end of the day, this is basically the kind of evolution of Bitcoin and the kind of broader crypto market, people that are saying that it's going to normalize the price action on crypto, I just don't know if I buy that. Maybe in like eight years or something like that, but it ain't going to be uh, something that you know changes anytime soon. Um, easy. So your, your position has been that it is priced in and that you think that there's going to be a sell-off? Is that is that correct? Or uh, yeah, what, what's short -term. your... Okay, a short-term short sell-off. Sell Do you yeah, still... I mean uh, I don't know if we still get it now. I think we really just saw the hand as to what happened with that that fake out. Like we saw it giga pump, and then people went to the SEC website, saw that it wasn't on there, and we're like, "Oh shit, okay, this isn't legit." Then it sold off really hard, kept selling off, but oddly enough, ETH rallied of all things. ETH like got a two and a half percent upwards candle on it, and that to me was like really interesting because now i'm like okay does this mean that it's just going to set up for this whole ethtf narrative that's going to happen right after it spoiler alert it is i mean dude it's when there's an ethtf that's a huge deal too it's a huge like this whole eth is dead thing is hilarious well, ETH is ultrasound me. money why? no it's not but oh. <laughs> why, why why did uh solana drop 10 percent essentially because it's not ultrasound. Be the 30 tf What's that? XRP is going to be the third ETF. If you haven't been seeing the rumors, That's have you been seeing those right. tweets? No, no. These people keep saying that XRP will get an ETF. Like it's been, it was like the narrative yesterday was that the third ETF will be XRP. 
And honestly, I was impressed. I was like, wow, these people love the narrative about XRP. Like they love it. They absolutely love it. And so people are selling Solana because of that? Well, it's just the alt play. Like right now, it's like there was speculation that you'd get an altcoin ETF, much like what we see with, uh, who was that fund that just dropped, dropped uh, Matic and added AVAX? Grayscale. Grayscales, yeah. yeah. So that's what a lot of people are basically like. Grayscales. Yeah, Grayscales, <laughs> um, gray baby. Dragon of yes. the North. <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> anyway sorry old gray scales over there all right easy please continue but that's just like the mentality right now is like people are speculating on what the next one's gonna be um i think that soul selling off here is like totally fine i think you're gonna see bitcoin dominance really play that main narrative and alts are gonna bleed for a little bit which i'm kind of happy about because i can buy more because the same kind of cycle happens bitcoin dominance really runs eth gets some legs and then it shifts back to alts so like for me I, like i'd prefer an altcoin sell-off on a massive Bitcoin dominance candle. And, and real quick, Nick, uh, to quote Michael Saylor, who I know you absolutely love me to you know, have quotes from, uh, everything besides Bitcoin, so Solana would fall into that category, has is more speculative and thus has higher highs, lower lows, and a bunch of fireworks in between. So who knows what Solana is going to do between now and uh, mid-2025, but I bet it'll outperform Bitcoin. And this is coming from a huge Bitcoin guy, right? So I do bet that it's going to outperform Bitcoin. I kind of only have Bitcoin and Solana right now which is kind of wild i have a you know a little bit of doge but i turned some of the doge into solana it's which i pudgy. know oh, and i i got an ass lot of pudgy penguins so <laughs> there's always that <laughs> there's always that um my and the portfolio is just slowly bleeding away here i feel like it's just like it's tough man it's tough being nick you know Mm, really tough. Well, on a positive note, my terrible copium buy, the team has responded and said that they're open to me doing a double or nothing bet with them. So either I can end up with 60 copiums or zero. So that, I'm excited for that. Sorry, wh what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I, they tweeted that they're launching a casino. So I said, can I put all 30 of my copiums up on a double or nothing game and I'll stream it? And they said, yes. Let's figure yes? this out. So it looks like your boys are either going to have 60 copiums and uh, only be down 20 soul. Or, or... Wait, what do you mean? I, I thought you were down 20 soul. No, I'm down 60 soul. That's a lot. Yeah, it's not a small amount, no. No, it's quite substantial. I, I mean, like, looking at this, I'm not, like, super surprised, but, you know, <laughs> hey, you gotta take swings every once in a while. You gotta keep those feet chopping, right? The fact that you're buying this, like, so I've changed so much from last NFT cycle, and in my head, I was like, we've all kind of grown. The fact that Easy just bought a bunch of these is hilarious to me. Like, you're just like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy these. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of my crypto hobos buy when I bought, like, 20 of those. You PFP'd that. Tough time. <laughs> Um, okay, well, anyway, look, there are a lot of fireworks here. I mean, we're expecting an approval today on the ETF. I don't think that that's like an outrageous thing to say, which is crazy. And then live, I just can't wait for live trading on the thing. Like, what the hell is that going to mean? 4.15 p.m. announcement. 4.15 p.m. The rumor is that they're expecting $2 trillion in inflows over the next year, which I think makes sense. Um, you can do the math on what that would do to the, the market cap of Bitcoin. It kicks you making a face like that. Look at what that would do to the price. It's not that much. I mean, the market cap is almost a trillion right now. $2 trillion? Yeah, baby. That's, that wouldn't, that's not like going to double the market cap. That'd like 10x market cap in a year. No, not 10x. Well, yeah, it doesn't in, inflows doesn't like make it go up in tandem right because there's it's not like 100 percent of the supplies we, out there right it'd create a supply squeeze wouldn't it 
that's the idea. Let's anyway. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Sorry, we're saying two trillion is coming in. I'm not saying that's what like people on the Bitcoin show were saying yesterday uh, that are smarter than me. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, that would be what. Well, right now, that what's what's actually reported is that there's three billion dollars of inflows coming from BlackRock's ETF specifically, and uh, to to switch that to being um, to, the jump from that to two trillion is quite significant. I think what that estimate was based on was uh, trying to compare it to activity on the gold ETFs historically. Is that and, and that's kind of the basis that I saw some chart essentially of gold before price before and after the ETFs had been introduced. And that's kind of the overall thesis there. But I don't think it was, maybe it was $2 trillion of inflows to, uh, to gold. Maybe that is what the case is. If it's $2 trillion, that has a massive impact on the price here, given the fact that uh, Bitcoin is below a trillion dollars at this point in time. I mean, the expectation that we set is it should be around at least the market cap of gold which uh, is 12 or 13 trillion dollars yeah, like 14 T but you can also in my opinion I think you roll silver into that too uh potentially uh, I I don't know that I'm not as big of a buyer that maybe platinum I have no idea but the let, let's just stick with gold for now the entire crypto market cap is 1.7 trillion um with Bitcoin being over 50 percent of it yep um and so I don't know I think that there's uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the entire market gets at least a you know seven x here. Um, eventually, I don't know yeah. what over what time horizon that is. I don't know if it's like five years or wh whatever it is. But even still, five x you're outperforming the stock market just definitively. So why why have any stocks? Kicks, how much do you have in stocks? Dwindling by the day. Not Are you moving it over to crypto? Um, no, just selling it. <laughs> I just read this comment about the gold and silver are useful. <laughs> You're right, man. Yeah, you can use it to make necklaces. <laughs> no, dude, when you talk to the gold bugs, they're just like, you know, you have to use it to, you know, it's the strongest model, blah, blah. It's like, dude, like, it's, I've been, it's old. I've been building a lot of houses with gold. Yeah, it, dude. It, it's yeah, over. Totally 2022 made me realize that I'm a uh, not a good stock trader. I don't I don't have an edge there, so uh, I can just put it in, like put my 401k in the S&P 500, and uh, I, I'm a lot better at crypto. We, I thought there were some good trades there. That's when I was uh, tweeting at you in 2021. That was uh, 2021 was good. 2022, I like negative 70 percented. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah wasn't but great you were, you were trying to trade though, dude. right? Yeah, dude. I, I think I like longed a bunch of growth tech, at, you know, like January 2022, which is like the worst trade you could have possibly made. Like, Tough you know. one. You should have yeah. just copy traded Nancy Pelosi. Um, well, look, For me, frankly, because my portfolio performance has just been absolutely staggering. Crushing it uh, on the Ethereum front. I want to have a serious conversation about Ethereum for a moment. I don't have any exposure to the Ethereum token right now. I do have uh, 20 plus Ethereum worth of NFTs in the form of pudgy penguins. Um, I think that Ethereum is going to have a substantial run up in price. Do I think it'll outperform Solana or AVAX? No. Do I think that it'll outperform Bitcoin? Maybe, but I don't know. This might be a cycle where Bitcoin outperforms. But then again, if the ETF is the 
the next thing, the next big thing that happens this year or early next year after the Bitcoin ETF uh, gets approved, then who knows? It is the number two crypto market cap, uh, number two crypto by market cap. That's a huge, huge deal. It also has a significant amount of name recognition. Donald Trump, it was reported, owns a bunch of Ethereum. So there is like, you know, the kind of old money contingent that has some sort of exposure to this. Um, Crypto people will post gas fees and this, that, and the other thing about Ethereum and talk about how much better Solana is. But like the old money people that are buying the ETF are not going to be trading NFTs with this. Um, I think that it's a foregone conclusion that Ethereum sees a run-up. The question is, does it outperform the other assets that I talked about, like Bitcoin, like ETH, like, or excuse me, like Bitcoin, like Sol, like AVAX, like say, if we're going to talk about say, like near protocol, if we're going to talk about near, uh, what, what do we think? Easy, what's your position on it? Uh, I'm kind of just buying alts right now. Like that's my main thesis is like, I want Bitcoin dominance to rally. I'm, I'm out on Filecoin though. I did some due diligence. I did some digging, some looking. I'm totally out on Filecoin. I'm like completely out on Filecoin. Should, should like, I go sell it? Well, I want no part of Filecoin. Literally Coin, nobody dude. nobody told you to buy Filecoin, Nick. <laughs> dude, I wanted to join the Filecoin fuckheads. I, here, yeah, here, here's like a good barometer test. If you can find one person in the world that has actually used Filecoin, like not bought the coin, but actually used their product. I'm down bad. <laughs> You're good, bro. A little early. So, early kids, a lot of people have, though. Stars. A lot of really? IPFS is Filecoin. I don't believe you. It is. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you don't have to well, believe yeah, me. It's goodbye then. I'd hold it. That's. <laughs> Damn, I got screwed over by the Filecoin fuckers, dude. These guys <laughs> just screwing me over. Well, I, I think I'm, if you probably I, bought any alt at the time that you bought that alt, Nick, you're probably down a similar percentage. Oh, my God. I went from 2500 to 1855 Tough one. It's, it's not that bad. It probably will come back. Kicks. what's your position on Ethereum versus some of these other assets like Solana and AVAX? Yeah, I'm still holding uh, my Ethereum from the buys last year. Um, I'm not expect once again, like I'm not expecting it to move crazy. It's like the, you know, it's like a Bitcoin. It's not going to like when everyone like yesterday was like Bitcoin's at 47,000. It's like, dude, that was up like 10% in like a month. You know what I mean? With a bunch of other things like Forex, meaning that like ETH is going to move like that. I think if you're trying to get a higher beta play on ETH, you should just buy, uh, you know, the L2s. Like you could buy Optimism or you could buy Arbitrum. I think that those things probably capture more value in this cycle, but I'm happy to hold on to my ETH. I'm not like I'm not like switching and not liking ETH anymore. I still think ETH's great. Quick, quick question here on this uh, Bitcoin ETF situation. Uh, do we think like Gary's like, yo, what's up with the fact that we got hacked around this one particular thing? If it really legitimately was hacked, which I, still, a lot of us are still questioning, but uh, and maybe this was how Elon got into the good graces of the SEC by helping support the narrative, a counter narrative, so that he wouldn't be investigated for other violations. You see, maybe this is actually, a, uh, maybe Elon's playing 3D chess and all of us are just being stupid about it. But what, like, do you think this is actually gonna end up delaying the approval of it as a result of, uh, of this hack, basically? Wow. Like, what, what other scenario has happened where like they're in the process of like approving a stock and suddenly they're like, oh, the stock has been approved for trading. And like, it's such a weird thing that like, it, it, it pushes the narrative of, of criminal association 
with uh, with crypto. It it's just, pretty, yeah, it's wild. I want to dig into this, Bunny. You have your hand raised. Is there a re you know something for you to weigh in on on this? Honestly, Nick threw me off by accusing Elon and the SEC of being in cahoots. So, I mean, I I mean, dude, Twitter confirmed that it's a hack. Do you really think like Elon's considered pretty anti-establishment? I feel like so one of the tinfoil hats has to come off. For, Mostly anti-establishment, except when the government was giving him uh, massive uh, contributions to support subsidies to support his uh, electric car company. So it's a little bit of back. No, and I agree with that. I'm saying like NASA is one of his largest clients, by the way. So Elon doesn't hate the government, by the way. You know, Elon is uh, out for Elon. Yeah. And, and I've been following him for a long time. Elon puts Elon number one and all of his businesses number one. So if you're going to grease the wheels for the old boy, he's going to rock with you. He does deals. And they didn't, they didn't, yeah. they specifically just say that the account was logged into from a new device. That's all they said, right? Yeah. Which to me could have been like, you know, Johnny, nobody like the, the interns Twitter, like, uh, you guys are overlooking uh, this entire situation. What, what are we overlooking here? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> is at the core of this. She got the phone. She tweeted the ETF approval. Was giga long and then giga short. She doesn't miss. It's pretty clear. The X safety thing was actually hilarious to me. If you like read into this tweet. Because it was just like. Yeah they just had 2FA with a text message approval on it. And like this is a government agency. That's just using casual 2FA. Like and not even like an authenticator app. Just a cell phone number. Like it is. That's not that surprising, though, Easy. Uh, if you have a Bank of America account, if you have a, uh, you know, whatever, a, a Chase account, you can't use any sort of 2FA besides email or text. Like, they're used to this. So they got SIM swapped, basically, yeah. is, what, is what is being claimed here. Um, and, and the fact that uh, Twitter understands that that's a consistent situation that causes people to be hacked is a whole other story. They're like, yeah, they just didn't have the 2FA. Um, it just, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still a little bit of, I'm, I'm quite skeptical here. And to Pio's point, Elon's in it for Elon and Elon's trying to, you know, do a little bit of a deal. He doesn't give a shit about crypto, no, not crypto, whatever it is. He just wants Elon's net worth to go up so that he can have more money than Jeff Bezos. Well, well the money side, but also the, like, um, the prestige. Like, so Mirza has a sick quote right here. Elon wants to save the world, but only if he is the one who can save it. That's like the perfect summary. And it's, he said from the last book, I want to know which book uh, that is, which book about um, the Walter, uh, Walter, whatever his name is. There you go. Uh, one more uh, thing right here is uh, S. Higgins or Shiggins uh, 03 said, if this was a real hack, there would 100% be more dicks posted. Got to think that that's uh, on the table. Got to think that's on the table. I, nuts on the table is definitely a potential situation there. So, yeah, I agree. There you go. Bunny, uh, any follow up on this? Yeah, I just think it's weird for easy to be surprised that like, they don't have tight security on their Twitter account. Edward Snowden had a good reply. I think it was to Ansem. The nuclear codes for 20 years were zero, 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 zero. Right? So, like, I don't know. I don't think it's too surprising that Twitter wasn't secure. <laughs> I think that's actually a good, because I would have I would have guessed it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So, I wouldn't have been able to get into the nuclear Edward code. Snowden responded to Ansem? Damn. That's a yeah. cool response. Yeah, and then Ansem immediately tweeted after. I wonder if Snowden owns Solana. <laughs> <laughs> the very next tweet was like, "I wonder if he owns any Solana." I was like, "Damn, that's pretty crazy." That's Snow. Wow, 
Anthem's doing quite well on Twitter. There you go. Um, look, we're going to switch gears here. We'll have to see whether the ETF gets approved today or not. It would be wild if all of a sudden at the last moment, because of this little hack, they use that to delay the ETF. That would be crazy. Um, I mean, look, if you expect the craziest uh, outcome, that would be one of them. Real quick, um, other deed or other side, the latest teaser. You saw our boy Spencer have a comment there saying, don't post a trailer that has lag in it. That was a... A, a little shot right there at the uh, developers of that game. Hicks, you're a gaming guy. You run a gaming company. What do you make of this trailer, and what'd you think of it? Um, I mean, it's not really showing much. You know, uh, that's cool. I mean, yeah, they, it's just like a quick little pan thing. I mean, yeah, I guess there's like some lag and stuff like that, but I mean, that could also be some sort of like compression issue, right? Like it could have looked great in the meeting the day before and then whoever's job was to export it and uploaded it to Twitter, you know, there may it, like, I don't, I don't think it necessarily means the game is that laggy, right? Like there can be a difference between the game being that laggy and how they captured and rendered it. Uh, I mean, I don't think it looks phenomenal, but I mean, I also think that their team is uh, probably dealing with some like infrastructure issues on the other side, right? Cause they stopped working with improbable. So like if you worked with like a company for a year to build up your metaverse and then you stop working with them, you know, there's, there's, it's going to be hard to make that kind of transition. Um, what was everyone's expectations though? I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be a metaverse where apes can run around and play. Right. So it looks like that's what they were trying to showcase. I think they were probably trying to showcase like, Hey, there's 200 apes and one server or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm underwater on my other deeds. Uh, certainly that trailer ain't going to change it. Um, you know, I'm definitely not buying more other deeds after the trailer, but I think people are really like, you know, I don't know, sensitive in this space. You know what I mean? Like one, yes. like, like a little preview saying like apes coming home, you know, it's, it's not like that was like a feature film trailer. Um, so I think people, you know, kind of overreact in the space a little bit, like, you know, let's, why don't we see what happens at the event and then we can formulate our opinion if the event itself is underwhelming you know maybe that could carry a little bit more weight than the trailer but yeah i mean and also it's trendy right now to hate on bugle apps right that's like the consensus you know trend right now is to dunk on them so yeah in general i think the nft space operates like high school like freshman or sophomore year high school and so people you know see a trailer and if it's not immediately like an ooh and ah thing uh even if they put forth a good effort it's kind of like you know if you didn't score the touchdown in in marvelous fashion they can't really pick up on the fact that you're you're playing well in the game right and yeah. so um yeah well if, if it was a tv commercial right like or a super bowl commercial yeah definitely dunk on and be like wow that was like a really bad ad, right? But it's kind of, it's a Twitter post saying like, hey, there's an event coming up. There's another deeds event coming up. So I'm not, I, I don't really care. Easy, what was your take on the trailer? It looked like shit. <laughs> like, just to be brutally honest, it looked like it was ran on an N64. Uh, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> Goldeneye. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I thought Goldeneye was probably a better representation of it. All in all, though, it's still in beta. It's only for one day. It's a play test. It's fine. Um, I think it's cool that they have the 10,000 different 3D rigged apes. There has been two play tests prior. Bunny came in second place and got absolutely nothing for it. So that also made me pretty happy. <laughs> um, showed that he spent a lot of time, energy, and effort to be the first loser. So that was great. I've, I'm more curious to see like what else they do here, personally. Like, What is this play test going to be like? What is the experience that they're getting? What is the long... Like, I hope we get a little bit more information on longer-term rollout stuff with it. Because the idea is cool, but 
of course there are concerns because building these types of things take a lot of time, energy, effort, and resources. So that's kind of the bigger thing here is like, this is could continue to get extremely expensive trying to build something out for this. And then of course you have the yeah. entire battle of like, how do we get people to actually want to play in this metaverse when you have competitors like Roblox, Fortnite Creative, Minecraft, and so many more games that are like, you spend $5 to play and people have fun with it versus buying an ape to get into this game. Funny, yeah. you have your hand raised. Any response? Okay, well, you wouldn't have to buy an ape to get into the game, right? You would have to buy a deed, technically. Um, and how much is a deed? I, what? I don't know. But if you if you think if you think Robo, uh, Roblox or Minecraft costs or Fortnite costs the average consumer five dollars, like you're out of your mind. the The in game purchasing is like worse than just buying a game for sixty dollars, right? Like that's why they pivoted to that model. But with the other side, like I, I think it's cool that we finally got all the apes rigged, right? And they say the apes are coming home, so I'm guessing it's gonna be the first time we like navigate through the swamp and the uh, like the clubhouse in the metaverse, which is gonna be the center of the other side. And if you are a maxi on it, like that's gonna be a relatively important like piece of the game. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to see the next thing that comes out. Kicks. Yeah, I just I just think like the tough like the bigger thing with Yuga Labs right now, like the bigger conversation is that it just feels like there's it's there's not a clear direction and there's a lot of different things happening and it's hard to like just see one direction happening, right? Cuz like they're trying to do the other deeds, then they're trying to do Legends of the Mara and whatever other mini games are trying to do and they're trying to do stuff for Bored Ape and then they have the Ape DAO that's like the gaming DAO but not a gaming DAO. Um like personally, if I was over there, I would think like, you know, this is the time where you kind of you, you shed out, you shed the 90 percent. Right. And you like focus on the 10 or 20 percent um, and, and have just like a clear elevator pitch direction. Like this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to accomplish in the next two years. Like that's just like me personally. You know what I mean? It's just like there's there's so many different things going on. It's hard for me even as a gamer to like understand like where is that my board ape right there? It actually is right there at the floor. Someone's trying to dump it. Miss you, guy. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> 24 Ethereum. Uh, you've had several board apes. You've had probably 13, 14, 15 total board apes cycle through your wallets. Uh, look, we'll have to see what happens with the premier NFT business, Yuga Labs. Would love to have Daniel Allegre on the show sometime. Uh, maybe we can get in touch with him. I think he follows most of us, but that would be very cool to talk to the new CEO who comes from the legacy video game industry. Definitely a heavy hitter from that industry. Would be cool to have him on the show. Moving on, look, Bitcoin ordinals, a lot of attention on ordinals right now. One thing that I found interesting is I feel like a lot of the participants on ordinals, because uh, they may be Bitcoin maximalists, paid essentially no attention to the Ethereum NFT ecosystem during the development of it in late 2020, all of 2021, and then early 2022, because I sort of am seeing like almost like a Groundhog Day style repeat of the entire ETH cycle just happening on ordinals and everybody there acting like it's brand new. Um, and so it's been very interesting to see the Node Monkeys development, the Bitcoin Frogs development. Now, obviously, Taproot Wizards is going to be coming out. Trevor's Ninjas are going to be coming out. Other projects, uh, the the puppets, uh, the Bitcoin puppets, um, you know, having their kind of moment here. Easy. What's the most interesting project to you on the market right now on Ordinals? Oh, man. OMBs. Okay. Just because it's like that is like the culture play. I think Hashlings is really interesting too, which got airdropped yesterday. 
Um, this one was one that you could have gotten into through actually a Solana NFT. Full Bitcoin mining rig, rewards paid in Bitcoin to holders, and proof of the mining rig is great. So like, what a utility play. I actually think this art is pretty damn yeah, high looks quality. Good. Yeah, yeah, like they did a really good job with this. I am also interested in what Jack Butcher is doing for the single check ordinals, all sub 20K inscriptions. So that alone is going to hold value just on the oh, The ordinals order. audience is going to want to sink their teeth into that big Yeah, time. that's like a fine art play. There's another project called Inked, which is a hundred supply, one of one curated collection for allow list members that I've been keeping eyes on. The art scene is the one that's actually really starting to trend and get a lot of interest. There's a project called Rupture that's minting. It's just like a pure play collectible art style mint that's coming up. But I, I really like Hashlings a lot. Uh, I've talked to the founder over there. I don't hold any. The Bodagos Discord and the Nifty were insanely active and interested in it for sure. And a lot of them got into, which was great. So I think that that was awesome to see. They made a positive swing on it and the conviction paid off. But it's like that founder has just proved that they have a mining rig ready to go and reward their holders. One of the coolest things that they did was they were putting like holders names on like uh these mining rigs too which i thought was really cool um just really making this like relatable thing showing that he cared about the community so all in all big fan of it i think that hashlings is probably one of the more interesting one in my Easy. opinion right now yeah go ahead i got a quick question for you because like when people talk about ordinals they're like ordinals are like immutable they're like on-chain art right like when i think about like ethereum on-chain art like you buy an art blocks piece right like that art box piece got minted as that art blocks piece and there's nothing you can ever do to like change that you can't overwrite that right so how can ordinals be on-chain art but jack butcher can go buy sub 20k inscriptions and then like overwrite them with his art because that's what he's doing right he didn't mint yeah. and already print that right so that confuses me because then can't you buy any ordinal and just like overwrite it with like a new collection or something I, yeah so you can overwrite an inscription that's the thing um i don't think he did that though i think he actually he, minted these yeah so he back in february 2022 he said that his friend pushed him to inscribe these and they got uh uh sub 20k inscriptions uh back when they did it okay i mean that's cool and significant for sure yeah yeah well you, for, oh, go ahead nick i was gonna say you end up just owning the stat basically and then you can do anything with that stat that you want uh like Essentially, it's just the the legacy of that set. So theoretically, you could buy one of these and overwrite it and do whatever you want with it. Um, most people wouldn't want to do that. Instead, you're holding on to it. Because well, like, I you could buy it. Bunny's Bunny's Ordinal and just overwrite it. You totally, uh, as far as I understand it, do have the option of doing that. It's different than like an Ethereum contract. Um, it's it's different functionality. You know, every blockchain has a different like technical implementation of what they call nfts it just so happens that this format of it is done but yes uh, it's it's not uh theoretically permanent but the fact that it was on there at any point should still have a record maybe i'm wrong someone's saying that i'm completely wrong as an audience member but uh, <laughs> that's the least surprising thing ever for you know getting into deep ordinals technical somebody being like you got it all wrong um real quick the 
provenance factor on Bitcoin Ordinal's projects right now is so significant, it's so substantial, that it's actually enough to carry an entire narrative, which for people that are creating Ordinal's projects right now, that's something that they really want to sink their teeth in because it's like, I don't have to do anything. I just have to mint this and the provenance alone will make it strong enough that the price will go up. I can mint some for myself and sell them into a pump, blah, blah, blah. I'm very interested to see where Ordinal's are in two years, for example example, because at some point that provenance factor is going to, I don't want to say wash away, but there just won't be any more opportunity to, to solely mint based on the kind of foundation of provenance. And people will have to actually, you know, create things that are substantial and long-term. Can't wait to see that. It's going to be interesting. Kicks. Yeah. I'm just, if that, if that works out, man, I can't wait to sell my, one of my Bitcoin toads for like nine Bitcoin. That'd be insane. I mean, look, so the rare sat thing, I am struggling to deal with it because, look, at the end of the day, there's a finite amount of Bitcoin and thus a finite amount of Satoshis. And I know the amount of Satoshis per Bitcoin is obviously very large. However, when you think about a finite asset and you think about in 10 years, it's going to be a big deal. Forget about having one Bitcoin. In 10 years, it's going to be a big deal to have 0.1 Bitcoin. That's yeah. why you hear some people say, like, don't think about like Bitcoin being expensive. Think about how, how can I get 0.1 Bitcoin? How much does that cost? How much does 0.05 Bitcoin cost? How much does 0.01 Bitcoin cost, right? And when I think about that, I'm like, well, rare sats will actually be very, very valuable in the future. However, would I rather spend the Bitcoin on a single rare sat or just have the actual Bitcoin? That's the, that's the thing, you know, that's the thing. And of course, I think there will be incredibly valuable Satoshis because of their provenance, because of their history. But it's hard for me to stomach the idea of deploying the hard asset, the hard Bitcoin asset, the hard money into a speculative, speculative move of a rare sat. I could see them working out, but it is orders of magnitude more speculative than holding the Bitcoin itself. Th that, that's the way I think about it. Nick you know, makes jokes about the rare Satoshis. I find them very entertaining. They bother Trevor. I mean, Trevor's bothered by them objectively. He's just like, he's like, fuck off. You know, he's bothered by them. He brings it up on the Bitcoin show. Um, but uh, I see both sides. I literally do see both sides, you know? Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so moving on. Um, last thing, Little little uh, stock move right here about Nvidia. I want to hear from both. If I want to hear from Easy Kicks, and if Nick's still with us, I'd love to get his uh, his call. We had Nvidia hit a new all time high yesterday, five hundred forty two dollars. What are we looking at market cap on this bad boy? Um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about stocks on a regular basis on this show. So don't um, ask every single time why we're talking about stocks. Just expect it. Uh, what are we looking at? One are you getting a bunch of messages asking why you're talking about stocks, Pio? Every time we talk about stocks, an army of people say, why are we talking about boomer stocks every single time? So yes, uh, $1.33 trillion market cap. Uh, let's go to Nick since Nick's clearly here with us. Nick, what do you think about NVIDIA here? I'm looking at the financials. I, I don't know what the uh, dude. This has been a tough one for me. Uh, there's uh, I had brought up with um, on the show yesterday this book, The Turtle Trader or whatever. And basically, like the the main thesis there is buy into strength, sell into weakness. Um, and Nvidia has strength, so theoretically, like I guess from that standpoint, you're better off buying this than selling it. What's crazy is like what they're valued at. They have a market cap of $1.3 trillion. That said, I mean, dude, uh, 
when we were looking at the numbers the other day, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so they fixed the uh, supply chain bottleneck that they were dealing with. And revenue has just been up only since then. Um, I mean, it's interesting that that said, I was comparing like their multiple versus like something like Microsoft and which I understand is boomer as hell, but Microsoft looks more compelling just from like that multiple standpoint that said, this is trading on a growth narrative. And so the question is like, what's the growth trajectory here for, for, uh, NVIDIA? The assumption is, is like, I feel like the trade has been the AI trade, um, for them. So I don't know. I don't own any NVIDIA, uh, much to my own chagrin. Um, but, uh, it, it it doesn't seem like a an awful trade. I like Nvidia here. What's that? I like Nvidia here. Okay, easy. Put it on wax. Yeah, easy with I a like real it. barbell strategy. He likes his ten X's in crypto and his ten percent in stock. <laughs> easy, please run with it. Ignore this guy kicks that's about I think to get it's wrecked. Spot on though. I mean, dude, the Nvidia <laughs> thing is like, what happens if they announce a split? That's like the thing I'm even more interested in now. Like, it's getting to that price point where it's like looking like it could be getting too expensive for stuff. They just announced the forty series, the forty eighty Pro series for their uh, graphics cards. They have this whole AI narrative. Obviously, Nvidia's entire like streaming platform and deck has like eye monitoring software that actually works well right now. So like when you're making content and other things. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, it works very well. They have this full cl cloud computing gaming thing that they just rolled out called GeForce Now that opens up just a lot of stuff. I'm actually, I want to try it to see how good it actually works. But this thing, like NVIDIA just keeps innovating and kind of being at the forefront for a lot of this stuff. And I wouldn't really want to fade that, like personally. I wouldn't want to fade it. They have the entire consumer market when it comes to gaming, when it comes to graphics cards too. Like well, when you have right. a stranglehold on that, it's tough to beat. Can you pull that up real quick and just hit the all? Yeah, just just hit the all on that. I just, I just want looking to just, at the chart here for Nvidia that, all that's time. That's what we're wanting along right there. So like you know when it was at the bottom in 2022, that's not when we wanted to buy. But now we want to buy this chart right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I did you hear what Nick said? We buy strength, so we only buy all time highs. It's only up sixty five thousand percent all time. This looks like buying Bitcoin at like fifty seven k in twenty twenty one. Nick, but go ahead. I mean, you're going into a bull market. Uh, well, we're going into a bull actually. market. It's up fucking four hundred percent. I was in the process of correcting myself. No, uh, Nvidia has been in a continuous bull market. What I'm saying, though, uh, dude, buy strength. That's the what, what? What stock you got going on? You gonna give me uh, Dick's uh, sporting goods? Hey, I mean that trade worked out well. It just you know not on the time frame I was looking for. Now, I mean, the last stock I bought was like a firm. It went up like 70% or something. Oh, so you're just preying on the poor. Okay, that's good. <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> I, that's actually, so I, I was listening to a podcast about that, about how uh, those lending, you know, the stocks that that are like uh, for short-term loans, where basically if you pay it off, it's 0% interest. Like I th I'm pretty sure, let's say you buy a mattress and you finance it with a firm. It's like, a, I don't know, a six-month loan or something, three to six-month loan. And if you make all your payments, I think it's literally 0% interest. But if you miss a payment, you get wrecked. Like it's you all get, the backed interest on it. You get yeah. everything that was not on it for the entirety of it. So it's like, yeah, this is great. How electric you save 0% and now you get hit with 45% interest. 
Pretty wild. So real quick, uh, last thing that we'll discuss on the show today. So Moonbirds shifting back to the NFT market. Look at the activity on Moonbirds. Uh, somebody has sold how many Moonbirds right now? How many? 200 plus. 200 plus Moonbirds continuing to get dumped by the same seller? One seller? Dude, I timed this perfectly, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's the same guy. Oh my God, the floor There's price more. is down. Literally, oh my... <laughs> I'm down like 30% again. Yeah, How but many if, else can I take? Well, if I could ask you, what was your buying thesis? Uh, well, it wasn't a good one. <laughs> it whatever it was. Uh the thesis just was taking that, a swing. I like it. You know, you're like, hey, let me just let me just take a little rip, dude. Literally, the losses Nick's taken this week are not even that high. It's not like a big deal yeah, at all. It's like a thousand dollars. but like moonbirds are cool, it's a cool profile thing. I've always thought that. I still think it. Cool art. I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, this is just a farmer dumping, right? A blur farmer. Pretty sure. Um, well, I don't know if it's a blur farmer or someone that just held a bunch of them and wants to get rid of uh, these assets. Damn. I'm looking like a dumb idiot right now is what uh, I'm feel feeling I, like. I'm proud of you. You're keeping your feet chopping, man. You know? You think... Uh, Tyreek Hill catches every pass, Nick. Um, I mean, look, you have to think about this objectively. This is someone that owned 218 of one NFT project, and that one NFT project was worth significantly more in the past than now. I don't think that that person expects any significant rebound. I think when Nick bought it, Nick was like, hey, maybe this will catch a little bit of a vibe from the NFT space, and I'll make like a, you know, a half ETH to an ETH gain on it. I was not thinking in terms of half ETH, okay? I'm not swinging for half ETH gains here, PO. I'm looking for life-changing gains. This was the, my expectation was this may be the next board ape. I don't know if that's uh, the truth. At least 2X. Yeah, you were thinking maybe a little 2X. This guy's got 600K exposure to it, and he's been wrestling with the issues with Moonbirds for months at this point. He must have just been like, I got to cut my losses and get out. Think about if he deploys that 600K into Bitcoin or Solana right now. Like, I like how we describe it. Well, they do have issues. Half of the issue is just the narrative being uh, being driven by all of the people who uh, like got into this, basically, or like, or sorry, a lot of the people like Twitter, crypto Twitter is the general narrative. I will say there was a situation we had, obviously, with uh, uh, who did we deal with here? Kevin Rose comes out and uh, just making some like weird updates that that wasn't properly processed through you know uh the, the tim ferris podcast team yeah well there was the tim ferris podcast there was him talking about getting off twitter there was there there were a number of uh incidents that occurred we'll we'll, we'll say and uh, it just didn't help the overall narrative i felt hey it's been beaten down let's take a swing what was that you said about the turtle? Tur turtle trader. Yeah, what it was the saying? Well, uh, oh, find uh, a strength, selling the weakness. I did. I did not go. Like, <laughs> uh, I did not follow that. You were and more of the hair and the tortoise and the hair story. I messed up, dude. Okay, oh, and uh, the, the, you know that actually is a good lesson. By the way, I was reading the book after 
I had already purchased the Moonbird. So if I were to learn from that lesson, uh, unfortunately, I did not follow my yeah. own lesson associated with that. Instead, I mean, dude, you're the sergeant of Solana. You're the AVAX admiral. You crushed it on that. Oh, you gave a little back, taking some swings on some small bets. You know, Avalanche. Game. Interesting that you mentioned that. It's had a serious pullback, actually, um, presenting some interesting buying opportunities here in oh, my AVAX. Yeah, there's the, the it pulled back uh, severely. It's um, wicked volatile. It's wicked volatile. We've gone from 48 down to 34. Um, that's interesting. Y easy. What? Easy. easy. You got to unmute yourself, dude. Sorry, I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on there. It wouldn't let me unmute. I apologize. Uh, All good. I bought more personally. I bought I bought more AVAX. Like that was a no brainer to me when I looked at it. I was like, under forty feels good. Feels really good here. It's just like when Soul dipped under ninety. Like to me, honestly, send AVAX back to like twenty seven, and I'll be ecstatic. I'll buy significantly more. Like I still have stables that I want to deploy. The AVAX ecosystem is continuing to show signs of strength in general, and like. Great marketing, great product pushes with subnets. The narrative hasn't changed at all. And like the gaming thesis continues to show a lot of strength on AVAX. And for me, I don't know why, like my narrative hasn't changed. Only the price has gone down. So I, I was like talking, I was talking to a guy that's a realtor that asked me about crypto. And I, I, the things I told him about, I was like, look, I'm interested in Bitcoin, Ethereum, AVAX, and Solana. And he knew AVAX. He was like, yeah, I feel like that was around last cycle. He said he had no exposure to anything. He was like in and out. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm more like an accumulation guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, my friend that is, he's a Bitcoin guy. Doesn't he, he really thinks like, he thinks that my Solana is like, like he thinks I'm kind of crazy for having a bunch of Solana. He he really does think I'm kind of crazy for having it. He said, uh, and he said he he only does like the big leagues of Bitcoin, which I do kind I do kind of get where he's coming from with that. But uh, I brought up Avalanche, and he was like Avalanche, like what the fuck is that? And I like showed him, and he goes, Oh, Avax. And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Oh, that one was around last time. People know Avax, uh, which I didn't actually didn't think know about Solana though. Is the thing? Look at any major news outlet right now. Every time they show three cryptos on the screen, it's Bitcoin, ETH, Solana right now. That's it. And before it was Bitcoin, ETH, Litecoin, or Bitcoin, ETH, Bitcoin Cash. That, and that was like the three that last cycle were on television in front of people's face nonstop. And you have to understand that narrative shift is the big thing here. We're like, now that Solana's getting solidified and kind of pushed into that realm, that's where I'm like, this is now going to make a lot of people understand that I think in general, Solana's not going anywhere. Real quick, I mean, look, I, and I know uh, Nick's going to be really excited to talk about this one. I think that this article says what everybody's been thinking. Everybody's been thinking this, ladies and gentlemen. You got to tell the, the Twitter audience what the article says. The article says Donald Trump may be crypto's unexpected savior. And uh, so what does that look like? Does that look like crypto seems pretty good? I, I buy it. You buy it. What's wrong with that? Is that is that basically the uh, the position there? Uh, anyway, look, I'm I'm just half joking. Last thing I want to talk about: say, say less, easy. What do we think? Uh, Beanie seems to think that say is programmed to go to ten dollars. Nick's position is that the same people that were trying to sell you bullshit last time are trying to sell you say now, uh, or something like that. Sell well, me the bullshit. Sell me the bullshit. I want all to say. I want all of it. Say what you want. <laughs> but this to me is like a no brainer. Like I think say is going much higher. Even right here, dude, a three X is one eighty, And that feels like a no brainer. We saw 85 cents when the entire market nuked on speculation that the ETF would get delayed. Like that's the big thing. 
Cosmos ecosystem to me is going to be the narrative in the bull of this whole modular blockchain and the ability to drive stuff. Help me I'm understand excited. why. Help me understand why why does Say have a place in this world of crypto? Solana has a place in the world because of instant transactions, incredibly low fees, very fast, Ethereum competitor, great NFT ecosystem, DeFi is way more enjoyable on Solana. AVAX has its place in the world because some of the best games in the space are building on AVAX. It's a gaming ecosystem. Everybody thinks crypto gaming is going to be huge. Why Say? Yeah, I think Say makes the most sense from an actual developer standpoint. Like it was my thesis with Nier as well, being written in JavaScript. Say for me is one that they talk about modular blockchains and the ability to plug and play stuff. And it's a heavy focus on open source tech stacks, which is going to allow people to just kind of copy paste and drive quicker development life cycles. Developers lead to users because you can create and innovate and try new things much quicker. The ability to spin things up and actually leverage a blockchain that has multiple different components versus a singular instance that needs to execute, transact, validate, and process. Whereas now you have four different components that can handle it. It also helps with things like failover, which is something that Solana actually struggled with. Because if one piece of a modular blockchain goes down, that doesn't mean that the entirety of it goes down. I see Ebrink asking, what is a modular blockchain exactly? You look at EVM tech stacks, ETH itself has to do everything from processing transactions to validating transactions to executing transactions all in a single instance. With these Cosmos blockchains, there's separate instances that can handle different things. So you have, when you think of like an AWS server is the thing that I like to compare it to because people understand Amazon. There's multiple different parts that make up Amazon's entertainment tech stack. You got the Kindle, you got Amazon Video, you got Amazon Store. These are three different separate entities that make up one parent company. That's the thing that I look at here. And I see Sound Money says, are you reading from a script? No, no, this is just like, when you do a ton of research on something and actually have conviction and a thesis on it, it comes out like it's second nature. Because to me, it's yeah. like, this to me is where I'm actually confident and I've spent a lot of time looking into it. And I don't really talk about new blockchains unless I actually sit down and read documents. I've, I've read a ton Easy of this shit. Like I've read a yeah, ton he knows of about stuff. deep cut crypto stuff. A lot of the stuff. Hey, one thing, and I'm not insulting you, Easy. A lot of the stuff that you know a ton about is not going to matter in ten years. Hundred percent. But, but some of the shit is going to matter. Yeah. You know what but I mean? Like, I think that's why right now is a good time to get into say under seventy cents because we've seen a new all time high in a moment of weakness across the market, and that showed strength. And it has all the right narratives for something new, which is what the space wants. And I mean, the, the this blockchain's three months old, four months old. Like it's so yeah, early. early. And, and real quick, one thing, and I want to hear what Kix thinks about this, but my position with a lot of these assets is, am I betting that this thing is never going to make another all-time high? Which in some, in some instances, it's not going to make another all-time high. But let's say you don't buy Bitcoin here. You don't buy Ethereum here. You don't buy Solana here. Are you suggesting it's not going to make a new all-time high? You don't buy Coinbase stock here. Are you saying it, it's never going to make a new all-time high? That's the way I think through this stuff. I'm like, do I really think that for all of eternity, the all-time high has been made? So that, But I don't know what Say. And I, Say wasn't in, around last cycle, was it? No, it's literally four months old. It launched, I want to say, end of August, start of September. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's really young. And that to me is like, I've said the same thesis is like in new cycles, people tend to navigate and gravitate towards the new things, which is like, this is a new thing. The Cosmos ecosystem was around last cycle, but things like Celestia, Atom, Say are newer blockchains that if they keep doing and finding success, they're going to just absolutely send much like we saw Solana go from $3 to 260 last cycle and ETH go from 80 to two grand the cycle before it. These new chains are the ones that like, you can feel a little more comfortable not going out and injective. That's also another good call in Cosmos. That's where I'm like, you want to see stuff right now that's starting to show 
ecosystem growth, user interest, new products, a bolstering ecosystem of developers, which all of these Cosmos ecosystems are, and yet they're still new. So now for me, I'm like, okay, they have, they're like purely in price discovery, basically until the bear market where they need to figure out what actually is quote fair value and where people are comfortable trading them. And that's why I look at these things because Cosmos was around, but the only other thing with like these is like VC unlocks, which is like my concern. Dude, the way PopCan thinks about this stuff, I love hearing the way PopCan thinks about this stuff. This mentality also doesn't work for Bitcoin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out on that, PopCan. When it comes to Bitcoin, it doesn't work. But when it comes to these speculative-ass crypto assets, he's got the best mentality. He goes, there's no bag holders yet with the say blockchain. So it's just up only kicks. I know you like that. You like that right there. I, I do like that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, yeah, the new coins are the ones that are going to be much more likely to pump hard and, and make big all-time highs in the next bull run. So yeah, I like I like Easy's thesis. Is this a Korean uh, company, Easy? I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I'm bullish on the Koreans. You know, yeah, did they I don't get think Luna? it is, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't think oh, it okay. is. The founder of Say has like posted selfies and I'm fairly certain he's white. We'll end on that, ladies and gentlemen. All right, look, we do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Bringing it back for that one. Nick, you like that little, pretty sure the founder of Say is white. Thanks. Um, I have a Korean community, so there's that. Okay, well. Yeah, San I do, Fran Company. Okay, so it's a few. Whew. Dude, I do, ro I do rock with. Korean. Uh, oh, no, dude, I do rock with Koreans. Like if someone, uh, if someone is Korean, that's in charge of a product. I'm the racism that was dropped here. Is that what's <laughs> happening now? We're trying to backtrack to be like, no, no, no. I mean, like, let's just blaze over the casual racism that happened on, on the show. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Groovy T, for saying that this was a W show. We appreciate everybody watching on YouTube, everyone listening on Twitter, and everybody that catches up on the audio podcast after the fact available wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, even Google Podcasts. I saw that there were like a few hundred views on Google Podcasts. Shout out to the Google Podcast people. Let's go. Keep doing your thing, baby. I don't even, is there an app for that? I don't even know. Anyway, look, ladies and gentlemen um we will be back tomorrow 9 a.m eastern time each and every weekday uh make sure that you lick the like if you are listening or watching i should say on youtube and we will be back tomorrow thanks for listening everyone catch you next time shout out to everybody in the say the say